This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello, and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden. No, this isn't an April Fool's episode. That would be tomorrow, but I don't think we're actually going to do one. Uh, <laughs> I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen. How's it going, Miles? I'm doing well, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, got a couple things to talk about. If you've ever listened to the podcast before, you know that we talk about, you know, internet access, childcare, housing, pretty <laughs> much every week. And we're going to talk about that again this week because there was a roundtable discussion with Governor Evers that you attended and we'll jump into shortly. But before we do that, we have an election coming up. Yes. Tuesday, April 5th. Get out and vote. <laughs> what are we voting for? So Tuesday, we have a bunch of local races on the ballot. We have all 21 Door County board seats come up for election. Only seven of those seats are contested. So if you are in one of those contested districts, you are will be voting for your new representative at the Door County Board. And if you're not contested, they just get it? Well, pretty much, yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> so in 21 races, I, I don't know if that says something good. Maybe maybe that means we're very satisfied with those people or those other 14, it's just we're lazy and nobody will run against them. And But, you know, the Door County Board has this massive budget. We try to cover it a lot, but I think the general person, like that might be the thing that they pay the least attention to most people will if they pay attention at all are probably paying attention to their local village or or town board or something or you know whatever is very personal to them at the time sure <laughs> but uh yeah we we kind of tend to ignore the the county board and day to day but that's the one that's spending all the health and human services transportation jail roads this is a massive government enterprise. Right. It's the infrastructure, but not necessarily the, you know, shiny things that we like to talk about. Yeah. The, the towns are doing things like, you know, expanding their beaches or building new community centers. And the county is doing a lot of the stuff that helps keep everything running. Yeah. But maybe not necessarily the shiny things. Right. But exactly. What else does the county board do? Like, give me an overview of why it's important to go out and vote in these elections. I mean, they spend a lot of money. Uh, they, they uh, you know, when I say health and human services, that that's everything from like counseling uh, and counseling services. It plays a role in how we handle people in the jail. I mean, they, they touch so many branches. Health and human services is also the Door County Health Department. So all through COVID, that's been a massive part of our day-to-day -day lives. Of That's the people who have had to do all of the contact tracing and the alerts and working double time on everything. They also do a lot of suicide prevention, flu clinics, those kind of things. That's all just within health and human services. And, you know, these are all overseen by the county board. The county board decides who gets money for what. Say, take Dortran or Door County Connect. They get funded by the county board. And so if they, you know, if your representative is not into public transportation or does not want to spend money and yet you use that service, you know, that's, that almost got cut a couple of years ago. So those are the kind of things that county board zoning, they just made updates to the some of the zoning requirements so that you could that impacts whether or not you can build houses of a certain size in certain neighborhoods so like they just lowered the square footage in county zoning to 500 square feet in some areas so it used to be 700 i think or 750 so now you could build a smaller home which could potentially be more affordable for you so all those things are things that ultimately all the professionals at the county government building do a lot of that work but it's a county board that directs them or approves all of these actions. Yeah. You know, with, so 
so many people running, it would be nice if there was like one place that someone could look to learn about each one of the people running. Yeah, like a like some big paper, like, yeah, like a broadsheet that had yeah, right. all this information in one spot. Right. Do we have something like that? I th- you know what? It's the Peninsula Pulse. All right. <laughs> there is. Last week we ran in, uh, all the information on three of the races for county board. This week we have four more in there, in-depth questionnaires with each candidate so you can see where they stand and what they prioritize. You know, one of the other things I didn't mention is broadband. You know, the, the county right now is looking at investing a lot of money in broadband, and they are kind of taking the lead now on pushing broadband forward. So that's another thing. Like, your county board decides whether or not they're going to prioritize that or not, and now they finally are. Right. Why do we need broadband again? Aren't we all on vacation? Uh, I don't know. How are people listening to this? Uh-oh. <laughs> we need to get broadband out to your stat. Yeah. <laughs> we need more people to listen to the podcast. And, you know, the county hasn't traditionally played a big role in bringing affordable housing here, but, you know, the, the board could decide they do. You know, there's there's all sorts of things that the county board does. There are also other races on the, the ballot. You have, I think, every school board has some contested races up for election on Tuesday. And then there's one statewide ballot for a judge. I can't remember the name off the top of my head because I was writing it yesterday, but most people probably have no idea about that race. Right. So if you haven't checked your mail yet, there's a pulse in there for you. Yes. You can read last week's issue and then check it again tomorrow and you'll have another issue with the rest of the candidate stories. Yes. Cool. Uh, let's move on to this roundtable discussion with Governor Evers. Give me Governor Evers' office. He had representatives from his office. But there. he wasn't there. He was not there. What was he doing? I don't know. And he prioritized it over like me and everyone else in Door County. Yeah, you were there and you were like, hey, doesn't he know who I am? <laughs> yeah, right. That is exactly what I said. I slammed down my fist and I said, damn it. All right. Well, you tell me then what happened at the roundtable discussion with Governor Evers' office. <laughs> so a couple of months ago, at the end of last year, United Way of Door County was awarded a $3.5 million grant to put toward this combination of housing, workforce development, and childcare. Yep. All these major problems we've been and having. We did an episode kind of breaking down where that money was going. Yes. Uh, Deb Fitzgerald and I, I believe, went through each portion of it. So, you know, in a brief summary, a little of it goes toward the project Paula Andrews is doing. A little goes to each of the two major child care centers, both the Sister Bay Northern Door Children's Center and the child care center in Sturgeon Bay. And a little bit goes to the Door County Housing Partnership. <laughs> and so it kind of brought all these different different people, different organizations working on different problems, kind of smashed them all together and said, how can we all help each other a little bit? And so like some of Paula's project is that some of her housing will be set aside for childcare workers in Sister Bay. So, and her project will actually be like right next to the childcare center. So that would help them to house and recruit employees to work in childcare. And then in certain Bay, it would help them expand and build a new facility. So there's a lot of different parts to this. But now what the, the state was doing is going around and trying to learn more about each of these projects and how they're being implemented and just kind of like broaden the scope of what's happening. And they were trying to get some feedback on the problems people are facing in each of these communities. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. 
Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. Sure. I, I would hope that there was a, a back and forth about like, what can we do to help? But also like, how can you all work together a little bit too? Was that a component of it? Well, one of the big things was, and this was one of the reasons they, that this grant was obtained by United Way in the first place. Christina Studebaker kind of had been talking to different people. And, and in fact, she said she read about the, the article about Paula Andrews's project and was like, hey, I need to contact her. We might be able to bring her in and help her out. You know, And I think Christina told me at one point, she goes, I, I didn't know how good of a shot we had at getting this grant, but we figured we might as well try and put this together and make a, a good stab at it. And they were kind of shocked that they, they got what they did. So kudos to Christina Studebaker for, for doing the work and all the folks at the United Way for pushing this issue. And what we learned out of this is a couple of years ago, United Way started doing these childcare forums, trying to get people's stories, ideas for solutions, kind of really over a course of like a year and a half, gather all this information about why childcare centers in Door County were struggling and how we might fix it. And sometimes you're like, all right, this is great. It's a lot of talk about something. But then they actually then took that and said, let's put this into a grant and try and address this. And let's take that next step. And it's nice because it's really cool to see all that talk turn into real action and put into, into play somewhere. So I just think that's a really cool aspect of what they're doing. And that's one of the things that we talked about a little bit at this forum is we took people who didn't, I say we, it's really Christina and other folks who did this, but like Alexis Fuller and Cindy Trinkner-Piot from the Northern Door Children's Center, the two people running the two children's centers in Door County, you know, they're so busy and they're struggling with all their own problems trying to keep staff and take care of kids. They never actually talked to each other that much until this whole initiative. In fact, I think when we had them both on the podcast, that was the first time they'd ever been in the same room. Right. So United Way has helped bring them together. You bring Mariah Good and the folks from the housing partnership to the table so they can go, oh, this is the problem you're facing. Well, maybe that's how we can gear our housing efforts a little bit. And, and childcare folks can go, oh, there is somebody working on this. So now we can support your effort. So you have... Instead of all these individual voices, they're becoming one bigger voice and one bigger action kind of committee. Right. And I I do think that that is key in moving forward on pretty much every issue, right? Getting people out of silos and having them talk to each other. Because while individual effort is incredible and the work that people are doing on their own is great, if everybody talked to each other, there are ways to mitigate each other's weaknesses. Yeah, you never like, know who has an answer or an idea. Right. Because I would think like right away, if the two child centers were talking to each other and you know one of them said, this is something that we really struggle with. And the other one might go, oh, we struggle with that too. Here's how we fixed it. Yeah. Right. And just being able to, to have that conversation. This extends to everything, right? Yeah. If the municipalities talk to each other, how did you handle this? Okay, we want to do something different. What do you, those types of things. I was talking with a couple people in the office last week about school like forensics and theater programs and how great it would be if there's, what, five schools in Door County? Washington Island, Gibraltar, Sevastopol, Sturgeon Bay, and Southern Door? Yes. If they all had a one-act competition you know, they could all have, they could see each other's plays, right? Hmm. Imagine if there was a program where it was like, hey, all of our play performances are staggered. We're going to give tickets to each other so that you can come and see each other's work and support each other, learn from each other in that way. Or if school forensics, speech, debate, if they all met up together and had 
competitions against each other just up here instead of only doing their sectional or regional. I mean, you could have people learning from each other right in this community rather than, you know, yeah, just uh, being the thing that you are. It's a, that's a drum I've beat for several years because, you know, I cover the mundane county and city and village and town boards. And it is amazing to me how many times, like, somebody will bring something up. I'm like, well, and, and maybe somebody at a board will go, well, we couldn't do that. And then afterwards, I'll talk to somebody and say, you know, Sister Bay actually did something similar. Or Fish Creek did this three years ago. Or Egg Harbor did this. And how much people don't know. And then I realize, well, all right, I go to all these things. I've never seen. It's very rare for me to see somebody from a different community at another community's board meeting. You know, like a different board member from a different community go to another one. So you're just only grappling with your own problems, which is, it's hard because it takes so much time. It's like, even as a business owner, it's really hard to go out and learn better ways to do things because you're just trying to put out the fires every day and, and just try and, you know, I mean, most business owners aren't getting ahead on their problems. They're just barely trying to catch up to the ones they have. So finding the time to go out and learn is hard. So if there's someone, in this case, United Way has served a really good function in being the one to bring everyone together because they probably, they didn't have the time to figure out how to do that themselves. It all seems very obvious, very easy, but it's not. Right. And one of the things the state, you know, like we have these problems in Door County, but a lot of them aren't unique to us. The broadband one is kind of a unique rural challenge. The housing thing is happening everywhere. And it's certainly happening. This shortage is happening in, in every tourism destination. And the the impact of short-term rentals on the, the housing market is happening in every vacation destination. So those aren't necessarily unique, but there are things that that are unique to Door County. And that's one thing that stuck out to me is when you brought these people from the state and they're sitting at the table, not really understanding the geographic uniqueness of Door County in that right. if there's not a lot of housing in Sister Bay, if we weren't a peninsula, you might just say, okay, so maybe you're 15 minutes east or 15 minutes west. There is no 15 minutes east or west to find like cheaper housing. So you got to go 45 minutes south and that makes it Okay, we're right. just losing that worker. It's yeah, because at what happen. point can't you commute anymore? Yeah, yeah. And people don't come to a place like this to then have an hour commute, right? <laughs> and we there's a lot of square footage up in Door County. It's just so much of it isn't developed. When you really think about it, pretty much all of our developments are along the coastline. Yeah, there's just not a ton of there's a ton of land, but there's not a ton of development throughout the center of the peninsula. Yeah. Well, and then from a, a housing standpoint, there's no water. There's no public water in the center of the of the peninsula, so that makes housing expensive to produce. And and we've talked about that in the past. Some of the things that came up, uh, Denise Dillman was there, uh, a human resources director from Marine Travelist was there. Denise Dillman from uh, Foremost Management Services, they run several hotels in the county. And one of the things we were all talking about is just that struggle to find employees. So even though business is probably better than ever for most people, especially in the tourism industry, especially in lodging, it's harder than ever because you're just working more and you're struggling more to find employees to service this new business that right. you have. And the double-edged sword of that is there's more demand for services, yeah. but there's not the supply there to meet it. So a couple of unique things about that. And first, talking about marine travel, if they, they said like they're honest with prospective employees now. There's, they're struggling to find them. And when they do, and they say, oh, what about childcare? And they're like, it's going to be hard to find a spot. You're relocation wise, you're probably better off looking in to live in like Brown County, Green Bay and commute to us because there's, you're going to struggle to find housing and you're going to struggle to find daycare. And so a lot of their new employees, they can't even sell them on the idea of moving into the county. So we're losing potential contributors to our community. They still work here, 
but they're not sending their kids to school here necessarily. They're not volunteering at our local organizations because let's say you're a young family and you're going to put your volunteer time somewhere. If you're working in one community, but your family is growing up in another, you're going to volunteer at your kid's school. You're going to volunteer. You're going to coach your kids' teams. You're going to volunteer at your church in that community, not the one in Door County. So we lose that resource. Like that kind of supplements everything we do here. And then the other thing that that I mentioned at this roundtable is, and I just know this from anecdotally from a lot of my own friends, but also when you look at the census data, even though we had 1,500 new residents in, in Northern Door County in the last 10 years, we used to beg for, hey, maybe we could get a few hundred more people here and some more revenue and some more year-round business if we got people working remotely in the county. And we that was always like, a dream to get more of those. How do we recruit them? And then right before COVID, they started to speed up and then COVID happened. We got even more. And so now we had this population growth, but my family is a good example. My wife works from home. She kept her job from Chicago when we moved up here. That's great. We get her income from Chicago into the county. We spend it here. But 20 years ago, if we moved up here, we both would have worked in this community. So we would be seeking services and taking from the community, but we'd both work here. So it, it would be a circle, right? When one of you doesn't, you're getting 50% of the, so sh we're not providing that person working in that restaurant, yet we're going to that restaurant. We're not providing someone to work at the retail store, but we're buying from that. And then you have a lot of people where both people in the, both people in a couple work from home. They're both using everything, but not filling that workforce need. So that's part of why we're having this, this massive shortage of workers. And, and that's not, I don't mean to cast aspersions on my wife or anybody else doing that, but that's just part of the equation that we never really thought about before. We were just hoping to get right. people to live here. Yeah, it's an influx of monetary resources, but not physical resources. Yeah. Right. Any other takeaways from the, the roundtable? Any big ideas that stood out to you? Just the desperation for workers. I mean, whether it's childcare, whether it's Denise Stillman in a hotel, uh, Marine Travelist, Travel Lift, us at the Pulse, where you know, probably every other person we look to hire ends up they can't because they don't have housing, whether it's an intern or a new prospective hire for a full-time person. So everyone's grappling with it. And I was talking to someone the other day, I'm like, you know, a couple of years ago, I remember talking about this and thinking, well, if we could just get 200 units in Northern Door, somewhere between Egg Harbor North and then 200 in Sturgeon Bay, Southern Door, you know, we'd be pretty close. That might not hit everything, but we'd make a huge bite out of it. Well, in those two or three years since, there have been, we might need twice that. A, because business is a little bit better, but B, and I think there's a larger part than we maybe recognize, if we're losing so much housing to the vacation rental market and we're driving homes out of the workforce purchase pool, like we might have doubled that in just a couple of years, that need. Take that campground we talked about last week. If they had 60 seasonal sites and we've never really thought about campgrounds in this equation at all in terms of employment and housing, 60 seasonal sites, mostly retirees. Some of them, maybe grandparents whose grandkids come and stay with them in the campsite. I had several friends who used to work up here in the summer, work at Al Johnson's Sister Bay Bowl, who lived in Aqualand or uh, elsewhere. So let's just say 20 employees come out of that. Well, now that's gone when somebody else comes in and buys it and turns it into weekly. Again, their business decision, but that's something we've never even thought about being a factor here. And we never even think about campgrounds really as part of our our housing infrastructure. But once I started talking to people there, I was like, oh man, it is. And it's, it's worse than we thought. Right. Anybody working on robots? <laughs> that's the only well, solution I can think of. I mean, not to get into the immigration debate, but personally, I think 
would make a lot of sense to try to come up with some expedited immigration pattern because we have people in other countries that want to work here, that want to do the jobs that the Americans maybe don't want to do, or we just don't have the people to do. So, I mean, if we could figure that out. The other thing that... We well, they still have to live somewhere, though. Yes. So that, that doesn't quite... It, well, it's, it's not a supply problem. It's a, some it's, of them could be carpenters. Okay. All right. Now, now we're Comes talking. full circle. Now we're talking. <laughs> you just give everybody materials. But, you know, one last point about this that I've been thinking a lot about, and we talked a little bit about it in the forum, but I just can't get it out of my head, is just how, you know, post-World War II, we made a massive nationwide effort. There was a, a major housing shortage. So it was all in like a 20-year span that we basically developed the suburbs. Then to make the suburbs work, we also developed interstate highway system. We made a massive effort to build projects, which ended up being most of them bad places to live, but it was an effort to create housing for millions of people. And we haven't really done that since. And so now when we have this massive housing shortage nationwide, the other day I I heard a statistic that we're short 5 million units. And part of that is because we kind of stopped building with the recession of 07, 08, 09. Like we just didn't build at all for several years. So now we're still catching up from that. Plus we just have more needs now. And here we are now, we're not taking some massive, even statewide, let alone national effort to build housing and, and push this forward. It's communities like Bailey's Harbor, Egg Harbor, Sturgeon Bay, small towns, just nipping at the edges of it. Meanwhile, investors and, and people trying to make money off a campground or make money off short-term rentals, they're moving way faster than our towns and villages can even mobilize to do it. So we're falling farther behind with each day in terms of addressing our housing shortage and our workforce shortage. All right, I have a million-dollar idea. Let me know what you think of this. We have all of these businesses throughout the county, hundreds of businesses that need employees, right? But they're all empty at night. And what do you need a house for? To sleep in, right? You work, and then you come home and sleep, and then you go back to work. So why not just let everybody live there at the restaurant or the hotel and just sleep there. Just put cots out? Yeah, just at night. Or, I mean, I've slept in a booth at Husby's. <laughs> what? But that was during hours. Delete that. No, don't. Maybe. That was during hours, though. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that was while we were open. <laughs> right. So I, I think that that's not a bad idea because, like, sleep pods are a lot cheaper than houses. There you go. So I mean, we've got all these empty buildings. Problem solved. Yeah. All right. Stop the presses. We're putting that in the paper tomorrow. You can thank me now. Andrew's big idea. Thank me now. Don't thank me later. Thank me now when you <laughs> see me on the street. <laughs> Anything else that we should talk about this week, Miles? I think we covered everything we need to. All right. Thank you so much for chatting with me. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.